SEO is AEO, welcome to the show, Chris Jones. Awesome, thank <laughs> you. No copyright issues there. That was awesome. I wrote the song. Cool. <laughs> we won't get cut. First, a little introduction. Thank you to, for being here. Brilliant stuff. We're going to be talking about visual search, yeah. but first of all, a little about you. Sure. Uh, I contacted the wrong Chris Jones, okay. uh, who was a really nice chap. Yeah. He said, I don't think you've got the right one. But, but I wish people were asking me this kind of question. Will you be on a podcast? Then he said, and I quote, I may send him a LinkedIn invite to weird him out a bit. <laughs> and he did. I, I'm wonder, I, think, I think that did happen, in fact. Yeah. I, I checked. You're, you're now connected to him. That's so awesome. The was it with, Chris, the, with the Chris Jones with the K, like the way my name is yeah, spelled? No kidding. Exactly the same. You, you two guys <laughs> you know, are there's, now connected. There's a woman on um, Facebook who owns, you know when Facebook came out with the sort of vanity URL so you yeah. could actually, you know, eat more easily share your profile URL? Well, of course, I immediately went to get my own, Chris Jones, and, it, and it's a woman from the Midwest. Anyway, okay. uh, she was totally uninterested in any negotiation for me to get that page. She was just like, nope, nope, done talking about this. Because, you know, I would have acquired it. But anyway, cool. Actually, you know what my LinkedIn uh, profile is? I believe it is internet CEO. So it's okay. linkedin.com, whatever, forward slash IN, and then, or whatever it is, and then internet CEO. Okay, so, so if I anyone wants broad, to connect, they yeah. type internet CEO. Correct. I went, I went totally broad. I was trying to get the Jason Barnard Twitter handle and he won't have anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, so I'm Jason N. Barnard, which is a bit of a pity. Um, the other thing about you is you said that you, one of your companies you started with your grandmother's recipe. Mm -hmm. um, and then I saw the name of the company's Pepper Jam. So I would yep. imagine that product was the Pepper recipe Jam. was Pepper yeah. Jam. Yeah. What is Pepper Jam? Pepper Jam was founded as a gourmet food business, as you said, based on a recipe my grandmother made. Which from, is pepper and jam. Which is pepper and jam. She actually <laughs> called it Mississippi Mud. Coincidentally, she never referred to it as pepper jam or pepper okay. jelly. But as she got up in age and my brother actually came up with the idea, he said, mm. you know, why don't we sell this product online? Mm. And so we typed in the ingredients and we came up with this product that was sold in like the Northeast, like New England and whatnot, called pepper jelly. And we were like, it's kind of like that, but it's different. Mm. Plus our grandmother made it. So we made, so we typed in and we said, and my brother's like, well, let's call it Pepper Jam. And I was like, okay, cool. So we acquired pepperjam.com. Mm. We took that product online. I spent, uh, really, I just self-educated about the internet late 90s mm. and really acquired a lot of early skills around growth marketing, SEO, paid search, affiliate marketing. Yeah. Um, and for those people that are listening that have heard of Pepper Jam, I, I actually, pivoted from the gourmet food business, turned it into a digital marketing agency and affiliate network. Okay. Built it up into uh, to America, one of America's fastest growing companies and in 2009 sold it to eBay. So grandma's gourmet food product to a digital marketing agency and tech company to selling it to eBay in 2009. Right. Yeah. I, I also thought Pepper Jam could be a, a rap band or a... Or a... In fact, in, 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 in the UK, coincidentally, um, I believe there is a band that goes by Pepper Jam and they've been around for a while and um, on occasion, like I don't follow it as much like the brand Pepper Jam because I sold it, but mm. I would remember the hashtag Pepper Jam coming through every once in a while and it was a band rocking out <laughs> in the UK. So yeah. Oh, I've got a terrible problem, similar problem. There's a Jason Barnard who does a podcast in the UK mm -hmm. about music. So there's terrible confusion yeah. between this podcast oh, and, 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 and just to kind of 
put a period at the end of this intro. Yep. Um, there is about two years ago, a year to two years ago, there's a gentleman by the name of Chris Jones. He doesn't go by Christopher, but yeah. Chris, K-R-I-S Jones, who became a, basically his, a video that he put on YouTube went mm -hmm. viral, and he's a country singer. He's oh. just basically like an everyday person. Like if you see him, if you type that in, you'd be like, this guy has become famous through this viral video. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who owned the real estate for Chris Jones before this guy yeah. <laughs> showed up? And, and so if you type in Chris Jones without the Christopher, you'll see this country star. I think he might have been on The Voice in, oh, okay. in the US or one of those reality shows. But if you type in Christopher, I'm good. But Chris, uh, sometimes I get lost. Okay, so... It could just, it's, so, you know, it is what it is. No, 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 sure, I understand. So, I mean, you had this face and it was taken over by, was he a good country singer at least? I think he's, people like him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, the, it was, it, what's interesting is I saw more traffic coming into some of my web properties from it. Because oh, okay. if you type in his name, I still come up, yeah. but, but he comes up as well. So people just searching for him so the inevitably end up on some of my websites. Yeah, and the so, search volume went up yeah. because he was famous. Brilliant stuff. So yeah. you got business out of a country and western Maybe. singer who has... I mean, we both have probably confused our fans. <laughs> And then we've got this other Chris Jones on LinkedIn who, who's freaking out. And this woman on Facebook, who knows? <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about visual search. Cool. You gave a talk with Amy, was it? Yep, yep. Amy a something? Amy Ballier, uh, right. she was, uh, I'm not sure if it's Ballier or Balliette, but she is brilliant. Uh, her and I were on a panel at SM we uh, West, S -E -S -M -X West, uh, just recently. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we talked about visual search. Super, yeah, I had a quick look at the, the slide deck and I've got yeah. my little list of questions. Mm -hmm. um, first one is how do machines deal with images? Uh, mm -hmm. You talk about that and I'd, I'd love to hear what you've yeah, got to so say. Yeah, what so I, what I talked about was, now, you had already asked me the question. So I've been in this industry since the late 90s. Mm. The good old days for those of us that were around then. Yeah. Um, you know, I think most SEOs feel like I do, mm. which is don't take any chances you know, Google can't read what's on the image, yeah. right? So we use some of the basic SEO tactics like alt image optimization mm. um, and, you know, providing captions among other things to describe whatever's in the image. Yeah. But it turns out that um, there's been incredible advances yeah. in visual search learning, particularly around neural networks mm. and machine learning. And so as Google continues to improve their algorithm, particularly around a product that they have called Google Lens, mm. which allows you to snap a, uh, a photo of anything, mm. um, a garment, um, a, a product, mm. uh, a restaurant, uh, uh, an animal, and, and capture information about that based on Google's machine learning algorithm. So. Anyway, so we could dive more into that, but ultimately there's been incredible advances that are, are, are pretty amazing. One quick example is you could take a picture of a restaurant, yep. and um, just that picture could, could give you the location, hours of operation, contact yeah. information, maybe some ratings and reviews. Yeah. And so it's really, really interesting to think about how visual search can be used you know, as SEOs, and really one other quick thing is, think about it, you know, as a local SEO person, mm. yeah. um, we have to worry more and more about our nap consistency. Yeah. So if people are using information that's coming from Google's 
image search mm-hmm. through lens, you best bet that that information needs to be consistent across yeah. the web. So, and, and, and I mean, to say that brings us also onto Bing. I mean, Bing mm-hmm. have got this thing where you can take a picture and it will focus in on the, the necklace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're moving into shopping. And I had heard that Pinterest has the best algorithm for that. Yeah. What have, what have you heard? It Bing, Google, in, uh, Pinterest? So two things. Uh, I would say, uh, listen, I, I mean, I would say Google and Pinterest really uh, rule the roost. Have have the two most interesting advances yeah. in terms of Pinterest. So Pinterest has an interest. Did you hear that? <laughs> Pinterest has an interest in commercialization. Yeah. So you know you're an image network, right? So how do you commercialize, right? You could mm. do features, you could do sponsored, but what if the pictures that a man or a woman took had an, a commercial interest? So you take a picture in a store and it recommends mm. options to purchase it. Yeah. So when I was doing research for my visual search presentation at SMX, um, you could clearly see the commercial bias yeah. in where the technology at Pinterest is leaning. Okay. Where I felt like with Google, it was much more informational. Mm-hmm. The one example I gave on Google was taking a picture of a dog and Google feeding back the breed of the dog, yeah. its most common you know, illnesses or things to, to think about if you're considering buying mm-hmm. that breed of dog. Recommended dog food. Now it starts to feel commercial there, yeah. right? Um, uh, what were some of the other things? Among other things mm-hmm. about that about that animal. So anyway, when I was doing, you know, kind of peeling back the onion on this technology, I felt like Pinterest was leaning towards more of commercial applications. But, but I mean, both of them are really, really amazingly cool and yeah. amazingly accurate. And, and so, I mean, a P- Pinterest, I've always got yeah. an interest, as you said, yeah. um, in, in commercializing. I mean, Google at the moment aren't, but surely they're going to go that way too. Oh, we know. I mean, we know who we're talking to here. I mean, yeah. we're digital marketers, of course. Yeah. Um, the pressure's going to be Listen, pressure's on all of these big companies to monetize. You see yeah. what Facebook is going through right now with privacy. The reason mm-hmm. they loosened up their privacy guidelines was to monetize. Yeah. You know, Google and this idea of, you know, don't do evil. The truth is in 2004-ish, when they launched Google AdWords mm-hmm. and they became a, a, and went public mm-hmm. right around that same time, I think it was 04, 05-ish. Yeah. Um, you know, those things, those aspirational goals uh, get put aside. So without question, Pinterest has an interest <laughs> um, and, and, and we're going to see that. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised when we look under the hood at these technologies and see where they're going. Yeah. No so I mean, about it. where are they going? I mm-hmm. mean, obviously monetization is the key. Uh, yeah. Amazon, what are they going to do? Um, well, here's the thing. Ah. Imagine a browserless internet experience. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge, huge hobbyist and early adopter of voice recognition technology. I was an early adopter of, I think I was probably one of the first X number of um, Amazon Alexa users. I really think there was a beta program. Somehow I got in it and I was one of the first, Mm. again, I don't know if it was 100,000 or 10,000, but one of the first to have it. And you asked, how do I boil an egg? Which is the I, classic question that comes uh, up every time. I don't know. I probably, it was like, I thought it was totally kick-ass <laughs> that I could actually ask it to play music and just in my home, just on, a, you know, for $200, be able to do that. 
But anyway, Sorry, I'll, cut you off. Yeah, I'll compare the voice and the, and the visual technology and how it's so disruptive. Yeah. So my son is 10 years old. Mm. He uses Google all the time. Yeah. And I've never seen him type into the browser. He uses okay. voice. Really? Commands 100% of wow. the time. Okay. We have Amazon Alexis throughout our house and our lake house and my offices. Mm. So it's just the way we communicate and, and, and increasingly. Now let's talk about visual search and I think mm. it's equally potentially as disruptive. Okay. I think voice search has been become, um, I mean, I think they sell them at like Bath and Body and it's like, and, and Best Buy and other yeah. commercial locations. So with visual search, I don't believe it's as universally used. I think it's still more of a techie, almost like a, a Google goggle type of thing yeah. where there's very small usage of it. But think about the idea of your, we all have mobile devices. Yeah. And so, and the camera technology in terms of the resolution and the quality of the pictures yeah. continues to improve. Yeah. We're storing all of those images in the cloud. All of this information when collected, yeah. there's recommendations that could be made. Mm. You take another picture and it gives you recommendations, both commercial recommendations, informational recommendations. Yeah. It's just unbelievable to think about the future and how visual search, even though it might not be on the radar of a lot of SEOs or a lot of technologists, mm. my study of it most recently led me to believe that I think it is in the same conversation as, as the disruption that's happening in voice search oh, technology. Brilliant. Yeah. Great, that's a big claim. Yeah. Wonderful. So, and I think so, there so, are SEO applications. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Meaning like, so what does this mean for SEOs? If we yeah. become potentially a browserless world, or God forbid, what if Google can actually read the images yeah. um, that, uh, that we post on our, on our site? Now the truth is, is that there's not enough evidence to suggest as SEOs that we could be lazy and, mm. and that we can't just assume that Google could read the images. And quite honestly, the technology is still young. Okay. So we have to use, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the, uh, the old school SEO best practices. Listen, if you're gonna use an image in your copy, yeah. don't assume that Google could read it, so therefore you need to describe it. Yeah. A lot of small businesses and, you know, uh, web designers that aren't terribly sophisticated will use imagery for usability, mm. right? So they'll use an image to uh, accent a page, yeah. but they'll forget to or fail to communicate why that image was used, yeah. what the image is. So we're talking again about basic stuff like all image test, yeah. text, um, using captions yeah. among uh, among other things. Yeah, because I mean, I, I yeah. kind of assume. I mean, you, you do your alt tag. I, I assume Google can analyze the images and can tell what's mm -hmm. in it. And I tell my clients, just don't lie, because the no, resources no, to yeah. do it are, yeah. are going to be going to be quite important. So they're not going to do it a yeah. great deal. But if they do do it, when they do do it, you're going to get caught out for lying. So don't do it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I would say that. There is a risk that Google knows more about the image than, than we think. Yep. And therefore, you know, putting an image up and you know, just repeating your target keyword for that page is probably not uh, in your best interest unless the image does in fact 
describe yeah. what you describe it as. I, I had been, I mean, I had the, the example of man throwing a frisbee for a dog, which was the, the example that Google gave of saying, we have used machine learning to analyze images and we can now do this. Yeah. Uh, and that's one example of my assumption, naively yeah. perhaps, is to say, if they can do that, then they can recognize a cat, and they can recognize uh, uh, two old people sitting on a, on a, on a sofa. Well, so real quick, so Google uses something called neural networks. Oh. The idea of visual search, when you try to think, well, when you actually study how Google's algorithm is built, they're trying to replicate how our brains process yeah. imagery. And so the neural networking is basically taking, for instance, letters. And mm. you know, if you, if you wrote in cursive mm. the letter F or T, it's gonna look a lot different than 50 or 100 or 1,000 other people who wrote the same letter. But our brains could quickly process and we mm. know that that's an F or that's a T. Not so easy to replicate that for a mm. computer. So what they do is they take enough samples, so they use basically you know, statistical significance and science. So they're, they're increasingly taking samples to minimize the error, the judgment error. Yeah. Because even as humans, we make judgment error. We make errors about 3% of the time on letters. Especially with my handwriting. Yeah, oh, oh my handwriting is horrible too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's rough. So, <laughs> but, but so imagine Google mapping, doing this neural networking of these types of things. They're doing the same thing with images. So when you take an image, they basically find objects in the image yeah. and they, they basically amplify them. Mm. And they do that to minimize the interpretation error. Yeah, okay, great, yeah. And so again, you, you know, I'm giving it kind of at a 11,000 foot, foot level, but so that's yeah. what Google's doing. And listen, in the same way that Elon Musk and others are afraid that robots are gonna take over the mm. world, think about this. As these machines mm. continue to learn, yeah. At some point, they're going to be as smart as us. There's yeah. no reason to believe they won't be. And it's only a matter of time. And you know what? Including, and this pains me to say it, but I am a technologist as well, not only an SEO. Yeah. Machines will get smarter than humans. And I, it pains me to say this, but Google's search algorithm is now powered by machine learning, which means yeah. eventually it's going to be quote unquote perfect and or make very few errors yeah. In its judgment. Oh, I'm so trying to our job it, it's as already SEOs, smarter than me, to be honest. I know. And so as our job our job as SEOs and as digital marketers yeah. is becoming increasingly more difficult. Okay, yeah. Back to images. Yeah. I know you were talking about the, the uh, difference between converting images and yeah. what was the other one? Shareable images. Yeah. G yeah. Give us a little rundown on that because uh, Yeah, so one of the one of the just one of the underutilized assets when mm. we build content is visual. Yeah. Images, um, video, uh, infographics, which yeah. is a form of, of uh, image. Here's the point. The point is, is that there is a plethora of evidence out there, mm. research that's been done, that um, all of the qualities we care most about as digital marketers and mm. growth marketers, conversion rates, time on site, stickiness, yeah. uh, recall. If you use an image on a page with uh, content with text, yeah. you improve recall by like over 40%. Mm. You mm. improve conversion rate, move people through the sales funner, funnel quicker. One, one, one yeah. other insight about that though, which I learned from Amy at SMX West was, and now granted, she is in the business of creating um, original assets and they're very mm. expensive from what she said to do. 
But she said that the difference between using stock photography and authentic original um, uh, you know, imagery mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and whatnot, the difference is significant. So we, I think a first step is if a marketer isn't using images and video, they should. Why? Because yeah. they want to increase all the sure. things that we care about. But number two, being able to create original illustrations and original photography, yeah. from you know, according to some of the evidence she shared, it has dramatic impact on uh, yeah. conversions. I mean, you were talking to Christy Olsen about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. I dropped eaves eavesdropped yeah. on your conversation, yeah. and she was saying they see the same thing at yeah. Bing uh, yeah. that when they use stock images, there's less engagement and. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's not always possible for companies to, to get the, the resources to actually make this original imagery content. It's difficult. And, and you know, let's remind the listeners where we're at. We're at YoastCon, right, Good in the point. Netherlands. And N I believe, nice plug there. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at what Yoast has done to create original assets around his brand, Good point. I think it is one of the best examples of, of making the investment. Not only are you enhancing the recall of your brand, the originality of your brand, yeah. where you don't just look like every other person doing the same thing, yeah. um, but you also, uh, I don't know, I think trust is improved. Um, recall of the business, the experience is yeah. improved. We're here, they have a, uh, a little exhibit booth over there yeah. where you could make your own Yoast Con logo, or um, Legos. Yeah. And so just brilliant use of, mm. of original branding. Yeah, no, with the, the image thing on Yoast, whether you like the style of illustration or not, sure. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, from my point of view, I, as soon as you said the Yoast illustration, the Yoast visual imagery, mm -hmm. I can immediately bring that to mind. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I agree, it's very, it's very purple as well. It um, is very purple. Shocking number of people in perfect, uh, pur purple, perfect purple shirts. I know, it's like a Barney convention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is, yeah. I love you, you love me. Guy, yeah. that's, maybe that was I a US I love thing. you and yeah. you love me. I can't, I can't. We're a happy family. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure this is Amy's question more than yours, but like you, you said you can answer them. Um, how, how should we be using Pinterest, SlideShare, Instagram, and Snapchat, and even Twitter and Facebook? I mean, I'm quite new to all of this. So, I mean, on the social media side, shareable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, your images should be very easily shared. If you're in, uh, uh, if you're in e-commerce, your products, when you upload them into merchant centers, mm. wherever that may be, um, they need to uh, include all of the structured data that 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 one has access to. Yeah. The more, the merrier. Uh, the other, the other point regarding Pinterest is that, again, that platform is becoming more and more a shopping engine. Yeah. It really, really is. And as it becomes more of a shopping engine. And if you're an e-commerce company, you're either going to be uh, uh, you're going to join the game, or you're going to be late to the game. Yeah. You know, um, and so thinking of ways of making sure that all of your images um, are part of uh, Pinterest. Yeah. The other other thing is it's a practical mm. recommendation is that that Google does have um, well Google allows you to upload image sitemaps. Yeah. So you could create a, a simple sitemap of all your imagery, and it becomes another, if you will, another asset that you could look at mm. and, and, and create strategies around to improve the amount of traffic yeah. you get Super. from those. Yeah. We, we, I mean, the, the, coming back to the Instagram question, we were talking to Jonah earlier on yeah. about uh, uh, the, the, the idea of off-site SEO and, and Ram talking yesterday about yeah. uh, uh, generate some interest 
get, get people's eyes on your products, and Instagram is a yes. perfect example of that if you're an e-commerce site, is get their attention. Uh, and Jonah was saying, you know, and, and bring yeah. less people to your site, but people who are truly interested, and the first place they might get interested, especially with clothing or whatever, yeah. is going to be in Instagram. Is that, is that something you agree with? I agree with that wholeheartedly, and Super. I would even take it further and say that, and this is a bit of a, it's not a conspiracy theory, but it's a bit of like, who's the guy that, um, who, who tries to predict like the future? That was, like, that was Jonah Alderson. <laughs> I know right, Jonah, right. but there's Nostradamus or something oh, like right. that? Yeah, okay. All right, so I have this theory that's emerging in my brain. It's real to the point. So, so if, you just, if you just calculate backlinks and if you just think about uh, the web and ranking mm. like a traditional SEO, I think you're, we're missing something that's going on that we're not even aware of. Somehow Google is combining a ton of data that might not be on our radar, whether it be yeah. trend data or brand data, um, offline data, most importantly. And they're able to calculate this and create like a brand score, like a legitimate brand score mm. that, that is going along with certain brands that allow them, if they're aggressive with SEO, link building, et cetera, they get away with a lot more. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, I think that it's really becoming a controlling part of the Google algorithm where they're making very few mistakes about who is truly, if you will, quote unquote, you know, the brand leader. So it's very difficult to unseat their, the perceived or real, depending on how you think about it. If you're not them, mm. you think they're not the leader. But if, if there was like a straw poll or a, a vote, I think that Google's got some way of predicting that with a tremendous amount of accuracy and they're using a lot of data we're not aware of. Can I ask a question that's sure. off topic here? Because yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I keep saying it, but I've, I've been measuring brand SERPs yeah. by uh, pinging Google, getting the brand-related searches results back, yeah. and then measuring sentiment and rich elements, yeah. and then getting a brand score. Do you think that's a valid way of measuring it, or am I being too simplistic? I think it sounds highly digital, and I would be curious how they're capturing offline sentiment. But I think that the way you're doing it, yeah. well, if, if, if in fact the trend data, among others, is considering that offline sentiment, then I think we're good. But there's Brilliant, something, yeah. yeah, there's something that I'm concerned about, yeah. intrigued about, that, that they're using. Now, remember, didn't they buy, like, do they own, they don't own Nielsen, but I know that they bought that recipe company. They, they've made a couple of acquisitions of companies that do offline things. Okay, yeah. That even, they had an interest, you remember, in terrestrial radio. Yeah. Google did. So terrestrial radio is basically radio that's listened to in your car yeah, or at yeah, home. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's so, not digital radio. Yeah, so, you're saying that they're, they're actually looking for these offline signals and trying to I'm find a way to bring are. more. I'm yeah. saying they no, are. I'm saying they are. And it's becoming, are. yeah, are, right? And I was talking to Regine yeah. uh, Leroux, uh, who's yeah. been hanging out in the, in the green room yeah, the last couple yeah. of days. She does reputation uh, measurement. Yeah. And I told her this same, yeah. exact same theory yeah. about my measurement. She said, yeah, that's one aspect of it. But look at all the offline stuff. And I was going, yeah. oh, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. So yeah. you, you that's think what's Google intriguing me the most. Yeah, I think that they have access to offline data that is digital-minded and, and digital marketing-minded you know, people. We're, we're thinking about how they're using online digital signals when I think an increasing proportion amount uh, with regard to brand scoring, among other things, are coming from offline data. I just feel it in my bones, and I'm not 100% sure, but I, I, I really think that that's the case. That's brilliant. It's yeah. a little bit off topic, yeah. but that's a yeah. brilliant way to end it. Awesome. SEO is AEO. Thank you, Christopher. Awesome. Thank Pinterest you. has an interest.
<laughs> See ya.